Hi again, everybody. It's me, J.R. Mann. Welcome to your Life's Word podcast. How you doing? Greetings to all my wonderful folks and family and friends from across the fruit plain. All you good folks on the East Coast and West Coast and in the, the middle of the place. Greetings to all you in San Paulo. How you doing? I always like to remember y'all what's happening. Greetings to all of you in London. How are you? Checking in London. Nice to hear from you guys and see you guys. I appreciate everybody on the big podcast. Today we're doing Knowing True Self Isn't a Pain in the Ass. Knowing True Self Isn't a Pain in the Ass. How's that? Um, uh, just a couple things before we get started. Uh, for those of you anticipating the book year, I mean, we're so freaking, and I say this, of course, I've been saying this on the podcast for like the last two months, it seems like, right? <laughs> it's like we're so close. <laughs> no, but we really are. In fact, hold still. In fact, listen to this. Ready? Listen. Can you hear that? That's me fanning through the book year. So there is a physical copy in my hand, and it's a proof copy. And again, self-publishing has been a lesson, <laughs> like a lesson in so many different things. Um, my first book that I did, Starving Jesus, uh, uh, wonderful cook publishing did it. And you really didn't have to think about nothing, right? You had to write the book. Uh, we had to you know, proof and edit the book, and then we sent it over, and then they would send, it, send you like a box of them. <laughs> this is not so... Uh, my good friend Rob at Supan Creative, if you need a design project, you may hit Rob at Supan something. Rob, S-U-P-A-N. Rob, I never know your thing, man. You need to, you need to help me know your thing. Uh, but anyway, so year is coming out. So look for that. Um, I literally will probably make a link hot to the book next week. So this is the week of, I don't even know where we at. Hold on. This is the week of, well, this is Friday, October 5th that I'm, I'm doing this bad boy. So hopefully... Uh, what, the 9th, 6th, uh, 7th, 8th, the week of the 8th, October, um, we'll have that rally. And then we're going to have some kind of a book party here in San Diego, California for all those involved. So uh, if you're involved, know you're coming to a party. Um, I spent uh, three days with pastors, leaders, church planners in the, in, the, in the mountains of San Diego County. And it was gorgeous, number one. Like, you can live in San Diego and go, oh, this is paradise, but then you realize you can do the beach in the morning and the mountains in the afternoon, and like, I'm talking like real mountains, like mountain stuff, like like things you've never seen mountains, and it's just gorgeous. So I spent three days up there teaching a workshop that I put together called No, and I'm going to talk a little bit about in this podcast about that, just some of the um, some of the collective thoughts that I came down the mountain with. Um, and some of the stuff I put together, but I put a workshop together called No, and it's the basic premise of it is you, you really have a good idea who the hell you are at the end of the day. It's just a matter of finesse, flushing out desires and wants and fears and expectations in our life that really um, kind of stop our forward motion. Because a lot of us are under the understanding that, any, anyways, before I get into this, I just want to say big shout out to 12 guys that spent three days with me on the mountain and the vulnerability, the authenticity most of you know me, I'm not a big church guy at all, and uh, struggled in the past with the American evangelical church system, particularly with some of my background and some of the ministry projects I did. But I'm telling you, man, I'm at 12 guys that give me huge, massive hope for the American church at large. So just my hats off, man, young dudes with young families and just full of piss and vinegar to get out there and just mix it up and help people to really understand and identify who they are in the divine. So that was really, it was great, man, driving down the mountain, knowing that uh, there's 12 churches out there with thousands of people that um, have got a good leg up because their pastors are going deep on the deeper journey. And I really, really appreciated uh, everybody's authenticity. So with that, um, 
knowing self. So again, the the title of this one is know, knowing true self is an opinion in the ass. So I, I want to separate. We got thirty minutes, so it's we're four minutes in. So here we go. Um, right off the bat, I'm not that guy that thinks it's hard to get to know who you are. Like, I'm not that guy. And again, I say that with all due respect for people who will have sentences like, well, I don't know what I want to do, or I've always struggled with what I want to do, right? So doing and knowing are kind of two different things right off the bat. But for the, for the main part of us, we kind of do get who we are. And of course, I couch that with my alcohol problem, right? And, I, and I'll talk about it just briefly. Like, one of the big reasons I drank booze is because booze, man, electrified me and it numbed me away from all my BS. It numbed me away from all the feelings that I was having. And so at some point, there was an acknowledgement of all the garbage and pain in my life that I wanted to get away with, or get a run away from. And booze became a real nice, you know, it scratched that itch, period, end of story. So there was a lot of self-understanding going on as I ramped up into my addiction to alcohol. And uh, then, obviously, the acknowledgement of the addiction wasn't that I didn't know the true value of myself. <laughs> the understanding of my addiction became at the cost of my life and the people's lives around me. So, I mean, I knew what I was doing, period, end of sentence. I knew what I was doing. And I also knew that uh, that would satisfy a lot of the pain and a lot of the, the problems in my life. And so that's why I turned to it. And for the record, I turned to other things as well, like... Maybe, uh, you know, attachments to people, attachment to places, attachments, uh, you know, to things, you know, to kind of help me satisfy what's going on deep inside of me that I don't like or that I do like. So I just want you to know with that premise, I think we got a good idea who we are, regardless if you got an addiction or not. Although the majority of us, 99.9% of us are looking at other things, people, places, people, places and things to kind of satisfy and make us happy. Which leads me to the direct understanding that, yeah, man, deep inside of you, you do kind of know the corners of your soul and mind enough to know that there is running going on and, and occasionally health. I'm not suggesting that we're all just super unhealthy all the time, although, yeah, sure, I can go with that too. So with that kind of premise and opening understanding, monologue-ish stuff, I just want you to know I don't think it's hard to know yourself. and In fact, most of you already have a good idea. Why do you listen to a podcast like this? Because at the end of the day, we do desire love. And desiring love, it goes in a couple different kind of vials at that point. Desiring love becomes us wanting to really love ourselves. Because a lot of people don't like ourselves. A lot of people don't like yourself. That's how it goes. Or a lot of people look in the mirror and just see the shit. And they just see the, the broken problems and all that stuff. And that's why I'm like a big proponent of not saying the word broken anymore. Like you get so sick of people looking at me going, I'm broken. Broken is where I find the strength. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But I don't just want to operate on the premise that all human beings suck and are broken or bad. I just don't want to do that. In, in my spiritual practice and my teachings, like I really do believe that God created us. Like I believe that we are created beings by the divine. And I don't think he just created a bunch of mutton Jeffs to run around effing it up every chance they got. I don't believe that. I believe we're here to learn to love. I believe as we learn to love, we're going to make giant, massive mistakes. And I believe that's the value of life. That is the value of life, getting to know who you are and who the people are around you. That's the value. That's where we can sink our teeth in. That's the real juice stuff. So on the, on the side of the coin that says, I don't, know what I, I don't know what I want to do versus I don't know who I am, 
there is a there is a division line there. So I just want you to know. And the thing about what you want to do, like we can figure that one out, right? And the first premise of you don't know what to do is just to do something. Okay. So it's finesse that we're looking for. It's finesse that we're looking for. And the finesse is understanding desires and wants at the end of the day. Because I believe desires and wants are going to feed into true self. And I'm not talking about selfish desires or selfish wants. I'm not just because, again, like my desire and want, if we talk about booze for a minute, if we talk about booze, like my desire and want was just to check out and let me help you out. It created more pain than I needed for myself and the other people around me. So I'm not just talking about that. But as a baseline, we're going to say our desire is to be loved. So at our baseline, our desire is to be loved. Pardon me for one second. Sorry, I, uh, man, Southern California, the highs and the lows that come off the coast, man, they do a radical job on, on, the, on the allergies, so I just had to work that out. Okay, so our baseline, what, what's thumping main course in our life is that desire to be loved, and I want, you to, I want you to understand that, and I want you to take that in as a true value of who you are. So this guy named David Benner. He writes books, good good books, B-E-N-N-E-R. If you want to check out his books, not only would he appreciate it, but I'm sure you would get a lot out of it. He, he has kind of a definition. He says, the true self is who, in reality, you are and who you are becoming. It is not something you need to construct through a process of self-improvement or deconstruct by means of psychological analysis. He says, we do not find our true self by seeking it. Rather, we find it by seeking God, the divine. In finding the divine God, we find our truest and deepest self, right? So he's basically saying to know God is to know yourself. To know yourself is to know God. And I love that. Here's a Thomas Merton quote. Thomas Merton, another cool dude that you should probably investigate, Thomas Merton's M-E-R-T-O-N, a monk and just all around smart freaking rock star kind of guy. He says, the true inner self must be drawn up like a jewel from the bottom of the sea, rescued from confusion, from indistinction, from immersion in the common, the nondescripts, the trivial, the sordid, the effervescent. Thomas Merton's use of words was fantastic, and it's like poetry for the soul. Um, so just basically two kind of functions going in. But again, the baseline, that thump and that desire is love. And, and God provides that for us. For those of you operating on a do good, get good system, when it comes to the divine, you're not on the right system. The, the operating system for the divine, for God, is love. And he loves us, man. And that's all there is to it. And I know you've heard it before through the dogmatic approaches of, of whatever church you've gone to in America, which are, you know, again, it's going back, hearkening back to what I said. It's you suck, come forward, and we're going to fix you up. And that's just not it. God loves you, man. He loves you and he gets you and he understands everything that's going on inside of you and wants you to reflect that same knowledge and that same love. So knowing God's love. So there's a, there's a, there's a great Bible verse in 1 Corinthians. And if you go to 1 Corinthians, it's in the Old Testament, or sorry, it's in the New Testament of the Bible. So if you split the Bible in half and go to the right and go uh, several books inside of it, you're going to find a, a book called Corinthians. And there's one and there's a two version of that. And these are letters written by a guy named Paul. He says, uh, we can give away all our money to the poor. We can have all kinds of knowledge and even biblical knowledge. Just if we don't have love, we've got nothing. 
right? So that's a general premise, and we've heard it out there before. And frankly, it's not a new. It's not new to Christianity. It's not like Jesus came up with something new. This was kind of a new a concept even before Jesus kind of started hanging around. So it's the idea is is like if you don't love, if you don't have any kind of love in your heart, life, your essence of who you are, you got nothing. So I want you to start there. So like if you if you want to know who you're not, <laughs> like that's super simple, right? Like if you don't have love, you're nothing right off the bat. So your life is going to be kind of washed. You're going to you're not going to have a risenness or a joy or a hope in your life. And I want to ask all of you right now, like where's your hope? Where's your joy? Where's your risenness? Where's that sense of like waking up, man, and getting in charge and through that door? And and I'm saying it clearly. I'm saying I want love to, to be able to wash in so you can feel those things. Wash in, wash out. Reflect and give. Reflect and get. Or reflect and receive. Reflect and receive, right? So that's where I'm at. So if you're not feeling, and again, I don't want to get into levels of depression and levels of anxiety and worry just on this podcast because I know there's some of you out there that have some real struggles with depression. So when, so with all due respect, I'll couch that and say, yes, depression is a real deal, man. If you need to go charge up and grab some meds, man, to straighten things out, I'm all with you. I just want you to know that at your essence, you need love. At your core, you need love. At your truest understanding of who you are, you need love. And how do you see that? Well, number one, it's what's your relationship like going on with the divine? Like, how are you receiving God in your life? Are you receiving God in your life? Right? What's your vision of that receiving love? Right? What is it? Like, what do you see and how do you see taking it in? And then how do you see giving it? How do you see reflecting it? How do you cooperate with God's movement in love? right? We want to be a people that rest in his love. That's what we want to be. So number one, if you're really wanting to charge up, know the value of who you are and bounce off into the world with some hope and some joy. And I'm not talking about full time either. I'm not talking about hope full time, joy full time, you know, excitement full time, because we're human beings, man, we're going to have ebbs and flows. That's all there is to it. It's like me, you know, usually taking shots at the overly joyous because <laughs> I've never been that guy, right? I've never been that guy that like runs down the street, you know, whipping flowers, you know, around the neighborhood, you know, telling everybody how much I love them. I've never been that guy. But I do feel a sense of joy and love. When I start to really understand how I'm taking in God's love and then reflecting God's love. In my life, taking God's love in is truly understanding the value of the people around me, not in the bad attachment, not in they make me happy, but in how God makes me happy through the people, like valuing my wife, valuing my children, valuing my friends, valuing the community, the spiritual community that I have around me, right? And that's not just Christian peeps, yo. That's not it either. It's like truly valuing my Buddhist friends who I love very dearly, my atheist friends who I love I love dearly. Like the, the sense that we're only going to turn to one tribe and gather the, the love of God is absolutely stupid and insane, and it's fr- frankly a, a bullshit theology. So know God's love. Charge you after it. How are you taking it in? So that's a question for you. How are you taking in God's love? I want you to think about it. How are you taking in God's love? Um, and one of the things with knowing God's love, like somebody will say, well, how do I do that? And I'm going to say, there's a curiosity inside of you. And I just want you to like bend into the curiosity a little bit. So if it's like, Hey, I think I need to go to that church, go to that church. Hey, I think I need to talk to that guy or that woman or that thing about the spiritual spiritual, then go do it. Hey, I'm going to pick up that book. I'm going to go grab that Benner book. I'm going to go grab that Merton book and just lean into this. Hey, I'm going to take time out and pray 
like um, so I just want you to know like those are the kind of the easy like you know low hanging fruit you can just pick real quick. But there's also like, are you being vulnerable? Are you being vulnerable with God? Like if you are a prayer or a meditator or a contemplator, are you being vulnerable in those spots with God? Right? Another one, knowing the divine is, do you let people into that curiosity? Do you let people into the fact that you are searching and curious about what's happening outside of yourself when it comes to the big picture of the divine? Are you letting people in? Do you tell people? Do you let, do you let people know? I know people, man, gone years and years and years. And never talk about that search or that desire, that curiosity. And then who do you let in? If you are letting in, who are they? Who are they? Because there's two types of people, man. The people that are sincere with your time and the people that are just going to, you know, vent off your own insecurities. So who are you taking in? When you're talking to God, when it comes to that knowing the divine, when you're talking to God, what are your conversations like? What is your prayer like? What are you praying for right now? What are you praying for when it comes to that value of who you are? in the searching that you're doing, not only for you, but for God, what are you saying? What are you saying? Do you have spiritual practices? So um, I'm a centering prayer guy. I'm a praying guy. I'm a yell at God guy. I'm a, I, I very rarely, like, I know some people love worship and turn it on and crank the music and do worship of all kinds. And I'm, I'm really not that guy, but I'm a huge uh, listener of, of, of music, but uh, more a contemplator when it comes to that type of stuff. But what are your spiritual practices? Do you have them? And for the record, you don't need a book about spiritual practices to have a spiritual practice. Your spiritual practice can look like you walking in the woods, man, just vibing. It can look like you driving to work, just vibing. It can look like you sitting at your desk and staring straight and contemplating your life. That could be a spiritual practice. You are spirit, so practice that. Um, Does the lack of time impede on your conversation with the Trinity? With, with, with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like, like, are you one of those people that are, God, I just don't have the time. I want you to consider that. Can you hear the voice inside of you searching in that curiosity? Can you hear the voice inside of you going, yeah, man, move to that, you know, go, go to that church, you know, talk to that guy, make that phone call, buy that book, go walk in the woods. Can you hear that? And if you do hear that, like, I'm serious, well, like, why aren't you responding? Or why are you responding? At the end of the day, how are you cooperating with God directly to know true self? How are you cooperating with God directly to know true self? And what does cooperating look like with the divine? What is co- so cooperating with me looks like, again, acts of contemplation, prayer, centering prayer, dealing with the people in my life, the job that I do as a spiritual director, uh, the open to serve folks, uh, and, and you know, the idea of not saying no you know, when people come in, but what the value of that means. Um, so that's what cooperating looks like for, you know, for us, for, for Diane and I, it looks like being married, uh, adopting children, keeping them. <laughs> it looks like that. It looks like sharing our joys and our sorrows, uh, with, with one another as married people. Uh, the second thing. So the first one is like, really know the divine, right? Like I want you to, in a, in a state of knowing the divine, the second one, and there's three in this list of really tapping into True self, pardon me. Tapping into true self. Understand your desires, wants, and needs. And we talked about this earlier. Understanding your desires, your wants, and your needs. And this could be as easy as going fishing. And for those of you who know I preach uh, going fishing because you like fishing, you know what I'm talking about. It can be as easy as you just going, man, I really like going fishing, so I'm going to grab my reel. I'm going out, and I'm just going to sit there, and I'm going to relax because it's something natural that comes out of you, right? It could be travel. It could be 
reading, it could be whatever your passion is, but identifying, again, the low-hanging natural fruit in your life when it comes to desires, wants, and needs. What's a need? Remember, the baseline. We all want to be loved. We desire to be loved. So a low-hanging fruit on the natural scale is I want to be loved. I have a need to be loved, but I want you to be able to, to understand that, know that, and then let that go. Wants, wants are pretty easy. I mean, if you go low-hanging fruit on want, um, you know, I want to be liked, I want to be loved, I want to be accepted, I want to be belonged to, I want to belong, uh, I want to be vulnerable. Like, there's a lot of things I want, but I don't necessarily, like, dive deep into them and to make them the rule of my life when it comes to knowing who I am. So stop a little bit. 2018, man, we are all inundated with all kinds of shit in our lives that slow us down and literally can stop us. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the news cycle in general, we're coming off two weeks of the Kavanaugh hearings, that alone is enough to just literally, like literally freeze you, right? It can freeze your mind, freeze your body, freeze your spirit. It can bring you into a real dark place depending on, it it doesn't matter what side you're on anymore. It can bring you a real dark spot and space of opposition. So to lift off of that, to understand your desires, your wants, your needs. I desire peace. I want peace. I need peace, right? And I, I, I walk through those questions in my head a lot. So understand your desires. What I'm talking about is bonding with yourself and bonding with others. Not a narcissistic self-absorption, but a healthy self-care, awareness, and connection. So the questions I got are like, what do you like? What do you value? What do you desire? And we talked about desire earlier. How have you suffered? How have you suffered? Like, have you really taken that in, how you've suffered? How have you been wronged? Like, that's an easy one, really, because we love bitching about how we've been wronged. Are you engaged in community? And again, this is bonding with yourself, bonding with others, understanding your desires, your wants, and your needs. Do you have accountability? And when I talk about terms of accountability, I know some of you are like, particularly the dudes that are struggling with lust right now, I'm not just talking about checking in and going, oh, I thought about boobs today. Um, Accountability, I'm really talking about the essence of what you're up to. Like, what's the value of your time? What are you doing with your time? Like, you need to be accountable to your time. That's all there is to it. Because where we start to sneak around and hide, and you know, we can do it in plain sight at times too, but who are you with and who is around you that knows the value of your time, the accountability of your time? Who is that? How willing are you to know self? I assume if you've gotten this far in the podcast, you're kind of willing. You're 22 minutes in, and I'm willing to know this, so I'm going to stay. So I'm going to, and so I'm going to stay, and I'm going to know self. So the next question is, are you teachable? So at that point, it's like, it's like on on the basis of this teaching alone, are you willing? And it's not because I'm teaching it, and it's not because I'm telling you to. It's just like, are you willing to stay teachable in order to know, in order to know, in order to learn? What in your life prevents you from healthy bonding with yourself and others? What's killing you? Mine was booze. Mine can also be my, my humor that I attach to everything. That can absolutely kill my ability to not know myself and not know others and bond with others. Absolutely, because I use it as a safety and protection mechanism. What are you creating safety out of, protection out of, and why? Right? All right, third one. So remember, the first one, and this is all the value of getting to know true self. First one is know God, right? Get in there and know him a lot because he, he knows what you know, and by the way, he knows you. Number two is understanding desires, wants, and needs. I'm talking about bonding with yourself and others. And then the third one is letting go, surrendering. And I'm talking about attachments on this one, letting go of people, places, and things. Allowing people, places, and things to not run your damn life. 
Because people, think about it right now. Who's running your life? What's that person? What's that place? What's that thing that's running your life right now? Again, I started the podcast with talking about my booze problem. So it was like, you know, after being sober for a while and getting it, it's like it's like booze ran my life. Booze ran how I thought. And that's not just the only thing that was running my life, but it's an easy one for everybody to understand. All right? Because ego can, can uh, run my life. And pride has run my life. Anger has run my life. Right? I can get so pissed off about everything in my life because I'm impatient, because I had a shitty childhood or whatever. I mean, however we want to capture that, like that stuff captures me in the moment and I, and I don't let go of it. So what is letting go? Letting go is the humility to know you have no control. Letting go is the humility to know you have no control. So where are you on the scale on that? So the first question under that letting go is, is what is letting go for you? Do you understand you have no control? Like control is an, an absolute freaking illusion. Yes, there are things you can quote unquote control. I get it. How you wake up, how you go to school today, how you go to work today, how you, know, how you do your business today. I get it. There are certain fashions of fa- facets of life that, yes, you can't control. But at the end of the day, cosmically, in the essence of everybody else, you can't. I can't control my wife. I can't control my kids, my neighbors. I can try like hell, but it's always going to land me in anxiety, worry, and fear, and trepidation, and all kinds of weird expectations coming out of me. So letting go is the humility that you have no control. Are you there yet? Can you acknowledge that 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 control is an illusion and that it's going to kill you every time you try to hang on to it. Attachments have got to go. So you've heard me talk about attachments before. Attachments are anything, uh, person, place, or thing that you believe is going to make you happy and peaceful. And I beat on this a lot because I believe this is one of our number one like areas of finesse. We've got to get. We've got to get it. We've got to get people, places, and things will not, cannot make us happy. We can be happy with them. We can share in the joy of them. But they cannot, as source, make us happy, period, end of story. And for those of you who have tried, you know what I'm saying? I tried for years and years and years and years for booze to make me happy. It just didn't work because I always had to return. And every time I returned, it was more pain. Okay? My wife cannot make me happy. We've been married 25 years. She cannot make me happy, period. I can be happy with her, enjoy her with, with happiness, but that's not the source. The source for me is the divine. And when I get to know myself and I get to know the divine, the divine myself, vice versa, I find happiness and joy and peace. It's the weirdest concoction and mystery of the known universe. It is. It is. The deeper that I've walked inside of myself, the more self-awareness and, and the more construction of consciousness, right? Like I become conscious of the stuff in me. The good, the bad, and the ugly, the more I've realized the divine and the more I have come to enjoy who I am. And I've done that through the process of letting go of those attachments because I've got no control. I've got no control. And it's a great place to be in because your expectations drop to zero. And when your expectations drop to zero, man, you couldn't be more peaceful. The ego has to go. That's the final one. The ego has to go. The ego can never be satisfied. The ego can never create. The ego will never, ever want to serve. The ego will always want to be out in front like a big fat spotlight, and it will always want to be just dominating. And you have to understand that the ego is where the opposition is. So whatever you're opposed to, I guarantee you're going to find ego. You're going to, I'm right, you're wrong, right? So I just want you to know that Inside, if, you, if you're operating on the ego and you're in it, you probably don't even know it. And you probably would say, I have no ego. 
So for those self-aware people out there that can really capture that idea that the ego is screwing them and taking center stage, uh, I applaud the efforts of of how you've been, been, you know, a value of yourself, like how you're valuating yourself. Right. And so I, every single day, man, is a, and I know there's guys out there, spiritual teachers out there that are like, I've lost my ego. And I don't know what the hell that means, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want to go there too. So every single day, man, is a check on my ego. Every single day is a check on my attachments. Every day is a check on how much the sense of control I think I have or don't have. So those three things in letting go are, are fantastic, and, and they're just really, really great ways to know self. Um, remember what I, the premise I started with. The premise I started with is I don't think you don't know. I, I don't think you're mindless. I don't think you need to get your shit together, for the record. Somebody told me that the other day. They, they looked right at me, and they said, I just need to get my shit together. And I'm like, no, man. There's nothing wrong with us. We're buying in on stuff that just we don't have to buy in on. And one of those things is that there's something wrong with you or something wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us. We are created in God's love. Here we are. We're dealing with being human and we're learning to love as flesh and blood. That's what we're doing. We're learning to love and we make big giant mistakes and that's how it goes. And the more you lean into embracing the vulnerability of being human, I'm telling you the more peaceful and happy and joyous and contented you are going to feel. But you have to start the process by allowing, by allowing the divine in, by allowing you and the divine to get together, by allowing you and the people around you to get together, and then letting it all go. <laughs> by letting it all disappear into the vapors of the cosmos and in, in the internal nuttiness of who you are. So good friends, I appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. This uh, podcast wouldn't be possible without you. And if you need me, I'm jr at jrman.com, jr at jrmahon.com. I'm a spiritual director. I uh, I help you. That's how it goes. I listen. I don't fix. Uh, Be more than happy to uh, get a session together with you. Just hit me at jrjrman.com, jrman.com for more about me. Um, I've got a YouTube thing and uh, my Instagram and uh, the Facebook and all that garbage like that. I also run a thing called Tabletop Ministries. Tabletop Ministries provides pastoral care and spiritual direction to those who can't afford it. It's the end of the year, and if you've got some extra change in your pocket, uh, Tabletop would truly love it. We see a lot of people free. It's free, and that's our time. And we are committed to not saying no to the people that knock on Tabletop's door, but that means you got to be in on it with me. And uh, I certainly appreciate those who are. And if you're new to Tabletop, it's Tabletop uh, dot online, I think, or just look up Tabletop Ministries, or go to jeremy.com and hit the uh, hit the link there. But gosh, we'd love your support, um, and I know the people that work with us would love your support too. Um, appreciate you guys. Love you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Oh,